What's going on, everybody? I'm Dylan Patemri, and welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf. Welcome to part two of the round one recap. Um, if you haven't listened into part one, you can go ahead and check that out. Um, in today's episode, we will be looking at the North and the West divisions as both are now wrapped up for the first round. So without further ado, let's hop right on in to another episode of Top Shelf. Alrighty, so first things first, I'm going to be looking at the West Division matchups for round one. The first matchup we had was the number one Avalanche taking on the number four Blues. Now, the West was a pain to me, and um, I thought that the seedings weren't going to change when I did make my predictions. Um, So I didn't get to make my prediction for this through my podcast, but I did make a bracket, and in that bracket, I did have the Avalanche being the Blues in five games. Um, If you don't believe me, well, too bad. Um, but I think most people knew that the Avalanche were going to take this one. Now, I don't know why when I made my predictions, I had the Knights sweeping the Blues, but I had the Abs not doing it. Um, I'm not really sure why I said that. I should have had them sweeping because they just absolutely dominated. Um, This matchup was not really much of a matchup. The Avalanche dominated them, outscoring them in the four games 20-7. to they also only trailed once throughout the entire series, and that was for seven minutes and 12 seconds of the second period in game number four. In game number one, they easily handled the Blues with Kale McCarr, one of, if not the best power play quarterbacks and offensive defensemen in the league, scoring on the power play. It was an absolute beautiful goal. Jordan Kyrou would um, end up tying up the game, but not before Nathan McKinnon would step up and score the game-winning goal, and he would also ice the game with an empty netter. I think he had three in that series. Uh, the first line of the Avalanche combined to have a plus eight in that first game. And I could keep going through each game, but there really is no point for this series because it wasn't even close. Abs just dominated um, off the shoulders of their best player, McKinnon, who led them that way. Grubauer played pretty solid in net. The one notable thing to take away from the series though was Nazem Kadri got an eight-game suspension in game number two for a hit to the head on Justin Folk. Um, So that left him – so with the two games in game three and game four, that gave him a six-game suspension going into round number two. Um, He tried to appeal his suspension, but it was held up. So depending on how many games the Avs play in their second round, if it goes to seven games, then Kadri will be able to come back for that game seven. If it doesn't go seven games, then, uh, or if it does, if it doesn't go six games, if this, if it goes six games and the abs advance, then they'll get the third round. But either way, he has to serve eight games, no matter how much it is. And if for some reason the Avalanche go out in less than six games, let's say they go out in four or five, the remaining games would have to be played, uh, or have to be suspended for the next season for Kadri. Although I doubt that the Avalanche are going to go less than, um, are going to lose in less than that amount of games. Um, They might win in less than that, and then he'll be suspended for the third round. But most likely, I think he'll be back for the third round. But missing Nazim Kadri will be huge for them. Um, But we'll get back into that later. 
Uh, we're going to move on to the other matchup in the West where we had the number two Golden Knights versus number three Wild. Once again, didn't have my prediction because it got messed up, but I had the Knights winning in six in that matchup. Um, they actually won in seven. Uh, game number one was an intense goaltender battle with both goalies coming up huge for the respective teams going 0-0 through regulation. Flurry made 29 saves and Talbot surprised me. He made 42 saves. Cam Talbot played very well in this playoffs. Um, it went into overtime where Joel Erickson Eck would score the lone goal off a beautiful feed from Marcus Foligno. Uh, they would take the series lead at first. Um, Vegas would come back strong, though, winning the next three games, starting with game two, where Flurry made 34 of 35, 34 saves on 35 shots. Um, Flurry was very impressive. Vesna candidate this season um, has been playing phenomenal for them and uh, would get his offensive help from Alex Tuck, who potted two goals in that game. Um, not the series at 1-1 in game number three. The Knights went down um, two to nothing, but would rally back with five goals of their own, led by Mark Stone, the captain they named this year, who grabbed two for them. And then game four was all Vegas, 4 nothing when Flurry with the shutout, taking a commanding 3-1 to one lead over the Wild. And you think, you know what, that's it. Vegas is a great team, 3-1 lead, but not so fast. Wild wouldn't give it up taking game number five in a 4-2 win with Cam Talbot, who turned up making 38 saves and then recording a 3 to nothing shutout in game number six with the game on the line, 23 saves, forcing a game seven back into Vegas. And Vegas was like, you know what? We've had enough of this. We're not going to play around. We're at home. And they marched ahead and never turned back, winning that game seven, 6-2, to two, off of Mateus Yanmark, the acquisition at the trade deadline from the Chicago Blackhawks. And it would be his first ever career hat trick. And what a game to choose to score that. Um, and they would advance and they will take on the abs in the second round. Now on to the North. And oh boy, I, I thought there was no way, no way that the Oilers wouldn't make it past the Jets. I thought they were going to easily just fly right by them. So the number two Oilers against the number three Jets, and the Jets swept them. The Jets swept them. Connor McDavid just couldn't keep it up in the playoffs. The Oilers did not look like the same team, and part of me wants to wanted to blame them for not having a star netminder, but honestly, Mike Smith played very well. Would a star netminder have helped? Maybe. Would that have helped them win? Probably not. Game number one was all Winnipeg. They dominated a 4-1 victory with Hellbuck showing why he is one of the best goalies in the league. The Jets have one of the best goalies. He made 32 saves. The next three games would all go to overtime, but again, all Jets. Game number two went scoreless. Mike Smith made 35 saves, which wouldn't even be enough. The Oilers couldn't produce. You're telling me with McDavid and Dreisaitl that you guys can't score one goal for Mike Smith? He stood on his head that game. And unfortunately, Paul Stassi would claim the overtime winner. Game number three. Now, this is the one the Oilers are going to want back. You would have thought this was their game. Drysaddle and McDavid combining scoring. They were up three in the third and crumbled, allowing the Jets back in 
giving up that three-goal lead, making it 4-4, and Nikolai Ehlers scores off the faceoff in overtime to take a 3-0 series lead. And by now, with how the team has played, winning four games in a row isn't going to happen. Can they maybe make it look less embarrassing and not get swept? Game number four, the Oilers go into the third period, leading 3-2, to two, and you're thinking, oh, they're going to avoid the sweep, but no. They can't. It goes into overtime. It goes into double overtime. It goes into triple overtime. What else can you ask Mike Smith to do? And Kyle Connor gets a breakaway and off a giveaway from Connor McDavid. Who else? And he scores. Buries the breakaway goal, Kyle Connor. And now there's questions that have to be answered about what do the Oilers do now? First, losing last year in the qualifying rounds to the number 12 seed Blackhawks. And then and then this year, getting swept by the Jets. What are the Oilers going to do? What steps do they have to take? Is Connor McDavid going to want to leave the Oilers? These are all questions that we will have to answer another day. And moving from one disappointed team to another disappointed team in the North. We have the number one Leafs taking on the number four Canadians. And I believed, I thought it was going to happen. I said Leafs in seven. I said it was going to be a tough one. And I was close. I almost wanted to pick the Canadians just because I like this Canadian team. I like how they are built. I like Carey Price in net for them. Um, they obviously beat out the Pittsburgh Penguins last year in the qualifying rounds. But Part of me thought this Leafs seems just too good. They're so good. They've been on fire. Jack Campbell has looked very solid in that. And the Canadians would beat the Leafs in seven games. I, I don't really know what to say. Like at this point, is it just to be expected that the Leafs are going to absolutely blow the series lead? They were up three to one. It started out bad. I'm not going to den- like deny that losing game number one, they lost five to one. They lost John Tavares in a freaky, awful incident in that game. And I mean, you gotta, it's okay. They lost the first game. Like they lost John Tavares. They didn't know what to do, but like they came out great in game number two, Matthews stepped up. He's their number one center. Tavares is out. He said, that's fine. You know what? I'm one of the best centers in the league. Scores a goal and gets two assists in that game. Amazing. Next game was a close one in Alex. Oh, excuse me. Not Alex. William Nylander shows up by far their best player in this series. And he scores a goal and Campbell made 28 saves. Great. Game number four. They Leafs win convincingly again. Jack Campbell gets the shutout. Nylander pots his fourth straight goal uh, in four straight games. They lead three to one. The Leafs are buzzing. You think? Oh, yeah, here we go. They're going. They're carrying away. Game number five, Joel Armia scores two first-period goals. You let Joel Armia Armia score two first-period goals on you. The Leafs manage to battle back from 3-1 down thanks to Jake Muzzin, who scores two goals. But it goes to overtime, and Nick Suzuki scores quickly, 59 seconds in. Bad giveaway. Him and Cole Caulfield, 2-1-0. Nothing Jack Campbell can really do about it. Um, they bring it back to Montreal for game number six, down three to two in the series. But the Canadians, for the first time, have fans in the stadium. And once again, 
Montreal ends up blowing a two-goal lead in the third period. But it goes into overtime and Canadians step up again. Future star center Jesper Kokanyemi steps up to score the OT winner and forces a Game 7 in Toronto. Now, if you don't know Game 7s in Toronto, well, they don't really go well together. The Leafs had their fans in the, in the stadium for the first time ever. Um, but yeah, Leafs, Game 7s, they, they don't go well together at all. And um, yeah, they didn't show up at all in Game number 7. Game number 7 was absolutely disappointing, horrible offense. Uh they were down to nothing, pulled the goalie. Tyler Toffoli shot from his own blue line and scored. Um, the empty netter make a three nothing. And of course, uh, William Nylander added a marker with like less than two minutes left. Of course, it's him. Nylander, the only player who looked like he really showed out um, every single game for this Toronto Maple Leafs team. But they blow a 3-1 series lead disappointing fashion Canadians advance um I I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm surprised by this I just feel bad for the Leafs um but I do like that Canadian team and I thought they might have had a chance at winning I really do like how um they're structured that I feel like all four of their lines are very um good they have a lot of great depth and they have very good defensemen and carry price in that I love that I really like this Canadians team but that concludes the first round matchups. So now we move to the second round predictions. Uh, so first we have the West where it's the Golden Knights being hosted by the Colorado Avalanche. Now I know game one has already been played and the abs dominated that, but I'm not going to let that change my prediction because um, so we have in the regular season, it was a four, four split between the two teams. Um, the abs are obviously stacked in talent. They have a phenomenal first line, one of the best, if not the best first lines. Um, obviously, them and the Bruins contend for who has the better first line. Um, I'm not really going to de debate because both of them are very, very good. They have Kale McCarr uh, at defense, an amazing defenseman. Um, they have Philip Grubauer in net, who I think is a Vesna candidate. This year, he's very, he's stepped up very, very well for Avalanche. Um, Nazim Kadri is out though with that suspension. Like I was talking earlier, he could return for game seven if there goes to a game seven. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights have been a top contender this whole year. Everyone was saying that they're going to be a hard team to beat. Um, I think this is one of the best matchups we could see. Uh, I do question in game number one why Robin Lehner was starting in that. I'm not sure if you saw that in that horrible loss. They had a nine-minute penalty was called. Um, I don't know why with how Flurry played this regular season and he helped you advance. And it's not like he played really bad in any of the games against the Wild. So I don't know what's up with the switch um, from DeBoer. But I don't know if it's just they're thinking, oh, for the future, we're going to want to be going with Robin Lehner. Let's get him. No, you got you got to try and win this year. Like you're going to I don't see why you don't start flurry. Uh, I hope they start flurry in game number two, because I think he's hot right now. And I always say I keep saying and I'll keep saying hot goalies win you a Stanley Cup. Um, 
So if they start flurry, I'm fine. And I think the Knights will end up taking this uh, series in seven. If they keep starting laner, then it's going to be a quick series. But hopefully he realizes his mistake and flurry starts game number two. So I'm going to go with the Golden Knights in seven. Um, then for the North, we have the Canadians being hosted by the Jets. I did not think I would be seeing this at all. Um, in the regular season, the Jets won this series 6-3. to three. Jets have a very good goalie, Connor Hellebuck, one of the best, won the Vezina last year. Um, they have a tremendous offensive core, one of the best in the entire league. Um, you've got Dubois, you've got Shifley, you've got Wheeler, you've got Ehlers, you've got... Um, who am I missing? There's one I'm missing, and I'm going to be so upset if I miss him. Ehlers and Connor and Wheeler? Is that it? I feel like I'm missing someone. I said Shifley. Paul Stassi, I don't know. They they just have a really good offensive core. I know I'm missing someone right now, and it's I'm blanking on it. Um, but anyways... They, they have a great core. Um, defensively, though, is their issue. Josh Morrissey being their only defenseman. Um, I think Kyle Connor. Did I say Kyle Connor? I'm sorry. I'm still on that. I think I was thinking of Kyle Connor, but I think I might have said him. Um, anyways, they, their defense, Josh Morrissey, that's about it. Neil Pionk's been all right, but um, I think that might be the issue is their defensive core. Because then we go over to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, like I said, great depth down the middle. They've got Kokanyemi, Suzuki, Stahl, and Deneau. You've got Toffoli. You've got Cole Caulfield, who's been playing very well. You've got Corey Perry, who's a veteran. You've got Shea Weber on the point, a top-tier defenseman. You've got Jeff, Jeff Petrie, who's very, very good as well. Ben Sherratt stepped up a bit. And then in that, you've got Carey Price. And Carey Price hasn't won a cup yet, and you know he's hungry for it. One of the best goalies of all time, um, I don't know where he'd rank in the all-time list, but you know he's up there. He's spent forever with this Canadian team. He's been very good. Um, I I don't know what it is about this Canadian's team this year, but I've just really liked how their team is structured and how it is built. I think the one weak point they have right now is their power play, and if they can get their power play down, I, I think they're like an – they're like that Cinderella team that you're looking at this year and could possibly make it out. And maybe just maybe if they advance sneak into the Stanley cup, um, I think it's potentially possible, but for this series, I'm going to be taking the Canadians in six games. I know that might be surprising, um, but I just really like how the team is structured, but that is going to do it for this episode. Um, we looked into the playoffs for the West and the North. Um, my next episode will come at the conclusion of the second round, kind of similarly as I did to the first round. Maybe I'll do this kind of split up um, part one and part two, just so it's not too long of an episode for you guys. But thank you all so much for listening. Follow me here on Spotify, and I'll catch you all next time for another episode of Top Shelf.